we are so excited for you guys to listen to this week's episode and we think it's going to be a really fun one and majority of this episode is going to be very light very fun just girls being girls doing girl talk but with that being said one of the real housewives that we will be talking about today does have some trauma in her past so we have some trigger warnings for the episode today for domestic violence and for suicide. If that is something that is a little too sensitive for you to listen to right now, we totally understand. And above all else, we want you guys to take care of yourselves and monitor what you're listening to and protect your mental health. So with that being said, we hope you do enjoy it. And like I said, we will not hover over those topics for long. It's going to be a quick mention and we're going to get right through it. So enjoy the episode. Hello. Hello. All right, it's time to whoop it up because we've got a crazy episode today. Let's whoop it up. I'm so excited, Chloe. This is an episode we've been talking about for months and we're finally covering it. I'm so excited. (laughs) Well, where the hell are we going today? Like where? Blue Stone Manor, which if you don't know, you're about to know. Like, this is insane. We're covering Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2. Welcome back to a second episode of Real Talk. I hope you guys missed us. Like, we're going to the Berkshires. What even is that? Where even are we? Upstate New York? Are we in um, the Hamptons? What did what was Vicky saying? She was like, are we, where are we? Are we in upstate New York? Like, and they were like, no, babes. I think we're going to a whole different state. Yeah, babes. We're in Massachusetts, babes. We're not even... Like, (laughs) where even the hell are we? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. If you told me somewhere in the middle of nowhere, I would believe it. Because honestly, like Vicky said, it's like an old mansion that there's not really much to do. But honestly, I think that's what made this season so iconic was because they were trapped Mm -hmm. so close to each other and were tortured. But it was so much fun to watch. And I'm excited to dive in, Chloe. So it was filmed in September of 2021 at Dorinda Medley's Blue Stone Manor located in Massachusetts. And the season was officially titled The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Ex-Wives Club. So the second season featured former housewife stars who are no longer castmates on their original series. So Chloe, tell me who is on this cast trip and tell me a little bit about them, babes. Okay, so we've got a really great group of girls on this trip, but also kind of an unexpected group, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of a couple, a couple random surprises thrown in. So right off the bat, we've got Vicky Gunvalson and Tamara Judge. Okay, so we've got both of those girls from OC and Vicky is my Roman Empire. Yeah. Like Vicky is one of the strangest women of all time. I don't even know. Really, she is kooky. She's weird. Absolutely crazy. She's a mother, but she's also crazy as a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that she would be hilarious to watch with Mary from Salt Lake City. Oh, gosh. That would be something to watch. I would die. That would be yeah, so that's good. What I'm saying. And Vicky is an OGOC. She's one of the first ever housewives because Orange County was the first ever franchise of the Real Housewives, and she was on the first season. So put some respect on Miss Vicky's name. Like she's so funny and unhinged. Like Chloe, you saying Mary? Honestly, yeah, the connections drawn. Yeah. Kooky, crazy, amazing. 
Yes, and I'm so glad I forgot to mention that, but I'm so glad that you did say to put some respect on that name because Miss Vicky Lynn, she her name is not Vicky Lynn. <laughs> Miss Vicky, she has been there from the very start and she's a she's a wild one. She's the one who's gonna whoop it up, okay? And if it's time to whoop it up, she's gonna whoop it up and she loves to whoop it up. She loves she loves to whoop it up until she doesn't. <laughs> that's true. That's that's literally my next note is that Vicky is crazy. But she has her limits and like she's very strong and stubborn about those limits and she's not going to budge. Yeah, she has her boundaries set in place and it's like she's not budging on it. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) So next up, we have the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and we have two girls with us from Beverly Hills and we have Miss Brandy Granville who is crazy wild party. I call her kind of like the little fire starter because she's always going to be having that last word, getting her little little dig in. And so Brandy really reminded me a lot of Whitney Rose from Salt Lake City. And she also reminds me a little bit of Bryn from season 14 of Real Housewives in New York, Roni. Just because Bryn's really got that like flirtatiousness that Brandy is known. Like she is going to flirt with anything that walks just like Brynn. Mm-hmm. And then Whitney Rose, like she will always start that drama just like Brandy. Yep. So next up from Beverly Hills, we've got Taylor Armstrong. Miss Taylor is a kind of a long standing cast member, isn't she? She's been around for a while. Yeah, she was on... The first seasons of Beverly Hills. So yeah, she's been on forever and I love Taylor. But she took a long period off. So when I saw this cast and she was on there, I was excited to see what she was going to offer. Okay, well, so far I have to say Taylor is one of the girls that I'm like kind of on the fence about. I don't know if I love her or I'm just kind of like eh about her. But definitely no bad feelings towards her. We're going to get into her story and some of the trauma that she's been through on the show publicly before. And we'll dive into that later. But those two girlies from Beverly Hills, we've got two fabulous blonde moments from Beverly Hills. Love it. And moving on, the Real Housewives of New York City. Oh, God. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. So we've got... Dorinda Medley, who she is our host for this Ultimate Girls Trip. We are staying in her Bluestone Manor, and she's going to try to make it nice. Okay, She's going to try. Keyword on try. Keyword try. (laughs) So, you know, she's the hostess with the mostest question mark. And we've got Jill Zarin. She really wants everybody to know that her name is Jill Zarin and not Jill Zarin. Okay, it's it's Zarin. And I have to say, I love Jill. And I think Jill really is here to have a good time. She is. She puts her best foot forward, but I think she gets misunderstood a lot and misconstrued. I think she's really trying, but people like she loves to just, like you said, advertise where she gets things from and market. And some of the girlies didn't like that. But we'll get into Jill a little later. But Jill is a whole hoot and holler and... I love her, honestly. You know, I have to say, I think Jill might be the friendliest out of this group, though. Yeah, I feel like if I met her, like, off camera, she would be very welcoming and nice and not, like, standoffish or, like, I'm above you or anything. I think she's great, but we'll get into it. And so to wrap it up and tie it into a nice little bow, we've got our Real Housewives of ATL Atlanta girlies. And these are the girlies that 
kind of represent where me and Garrett are from, you know, where yeah. we used to, where our old stomping grounds. So, I mean, we're not from Atlanta. We certainly have some crazy memories in Atlanta, but we're from Georgia. So like we get the, we, we get these girls. We get the vibe. <laughs> so first of all, we have Miss Phaedra Parks. Oh, mm. So good. I love Miss Phaedra. She is one of my favorites, like all time faves from this season, this little ultimate girls trip. She is so calm, cool and collected. I mean, she's just delicious. I love her. And then next up from Atlanta, we have Miss Eva Masil. And I hope I'm saying her last name right. We didn't hear it on the show. And I mean, no disrespect because I love Miss Eva she is fab. She is the little weed smoker of the group. She is cool. And, you know, I always just really like her vibe. She seems very balanced, very down to earth. She seems like grounded. You took the words out of my mouth. I think both of these ladies really balanced out this group because they weren't always on 100. So they kind of like brought the energy down and like balanced out because when you guys watch this, and I hope everyone listening does go and watch this, it's like a roller coaster, guys. Like we go like from like... <laughs> Like, oh, we're just conver like having a conversation to fighting in like 10 seconds. So oh, it's a real. lot. So I think these two ladies really helped balance it all. And I love them so much. And I'm so happy that they were chosen to come on this girl's trip. I am too. And another thing I want to say about this is I think Phaedra and Eva were the only two women, as far as I know, I could be wrong. But I think they were the only two women out of this whole group who hadn't really known each other, hadn't really met ever, like really didn't have any interaction where all of the other women had had some interaction with one another before. So our Atlanta girls were sort of the outliers. But one thing I really loved watching it was when they came in, both Phaedra and Eva came in with so much positivity and like excitement. They were gracious guests coming in. Mm -hmm. They were like, this is beautiful. This is wonderful. They were so excited. But I really love these girls. I love this group so much. And Garrett just surprised me that yeah. we're going to see this group again, you guys. Yeah, actually coming up pretty soon. So like I said at the beginning, this is Ultimate Girls Trip Ex-Wives Club. So coming into this, guys, all these girls wanted a job. They were unemployed. It was right out of COVID. And they were like, this is my opportunity to get back onto my show and luckily it worked for some of the girls so Tamara Judge got her orange back on OC and Taylor actually switched over to Orange County the first ever housewife to do so and is a friend of on Orange County so they both are employed so they did not return on the on the next season coming out and Dorinda and Jill were supposed to be on legacy which i talked about this previously on a regular episode where new york got rebooted and had a whole new cast so they were going to do a different franchise called legacy with all the original housewives of new york but that never came to fruition because jill zarin had a lot of trouble with the contracts and she kind of ruined it for everyone and that never happened but next actually in december we're getting real housewives ultimate girls trip new york and dorinda will be on there along with luann Sonia, Ramona, and then two girls that I'm not really familiar with. I think their name's Kelly and Kristen. I could be wrong on that. So I'm excited to see them. But season five, they went to Morocco and Brandy went, Vicky went, Phaedra went, and Eva because they're still I unemployed. imagine Vicky in Morocco. <laughs> I'm super excited. And actually, they filmed it almost a year ago, except 
something happened between Brandy and a new cast member that's not on this trip. And it's now gone to a legal battle and like Bravo's getting involved. So it's a whole mess. So fingers crossed that we still get this season. But I'm excited to see our girls back on the screen. And I would also love if Tamara, Taylor, Dorinda, and Jill would come back. Because like this, like you said, this cast is chef's kiss perfection. So I want to ask before we get into the season, who did you know beforehand? Did you know any of them? So before watching Ultimate Girls Trip, I'm trying to think back. So I know I knew of Vicky. I didn't know her like super, super well. We knew her because on my 21st birthday, we woke up the day after and Orange County was on. And that was like the first yes. time I ever really dove into that. Yes. So I haven't really gotten too far into Real Housewives in general, you guys, to be honest. But like everything I've seen, I've loved. So I've watched all of Salt Lake City. And then I've seen season 14 of Roni. And like, that's it. As far as full seasons, like watched all the way through. But I know of some of these girls. So I knew of Vicky. I knew of Dorinda. And that was it. So they were like kind of fresh new people for you. So that was exciting. And you got a different kind of POV. Yes. And even though I like knew Vicky is kind of what I expected and remembered. But what I knew of Dorinda, like I feel like I really got to know Dorinda. The good, bad, the ugly babes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For me going in, I knew everyone except for... Eva and Jill. Eva and Jill. I knew of Jill, but I never saw a season of her and I never saw a season with Eva, but I was excited and both of them didn't disappoint. So I was excited to see what they had to offer. And like I said, all these were housewives that weren't on the original series right now. So I was excited to see what they were going to bring and Mm -hmm. they did not disappoint. So Chloe, are you ready to get into these episodes? Let's dive in. This is season two of Ultimate Girls Trip. I believe they have three seasons. Yes, because we covered Ultimate Girls Trip season three in our first real talk. Yes, and we love the Ultimate Girls Trip, like, branch or, like, offshoot or whatever you want to call it of the show. Like, these are so good. I want them to do so many Ultimate Girls Trips. But, so this is season two, and... I watch it on Peacock. Is that where you watch it, Garrett? Yes, it's on Peacock. And then also it comes on Bravo. If you have like cable or like a live streaming platform, it's on Bravo when it airs. Peacock, you should really sponsor us because of what I'm about to say. Because I really think that everyone listening should go and get a Peacock subscription. They've got all of the Real Housewives franchises. They've got suits. I'm pretty sure Peacock has Yellowstone on it. It's like, girls, what? Get on it. Go get it right now. So good, guys. And this episode is a little different from our first real talk because we're going to go episode by episode. So we're going to start with episode one and then go through each of them and kind of like spill the tea of what happened and give all the highlights and do it that way because we think that would be a little bit more efficient than we did that last time. So let's dive into season two, episode one, Return to Blue Stone Manor. Chloe, give me all of your opinions, all the tea, what went down. So jumping in to return to Bluestone Manor after settling into their rooms at the Bluestone Manor, the ladies bond over shared experiences as former housewives and Taylor and Brandy quote unquote settle an old score. A conversation between Vicky and Dorinda gets heated. Okay, so according to IMDB, that's what's going on. All I can say is Vicky walks up to this Bluestone Manor and she is like, 
what is this, honey? A white refrigerator? Yeah. In the ghetto. What is this? This was not what Vicky was expecting. She was like, ultimate girls trip. Like, first season went to Bahamas. So they were expecting like a luxury, like, travel experience. And they pull up and they're like, this old ratchet ass mansion? Like, why are we staying here? Yeah. And like, let's be real. Like, for all of us listening, <laughs> Bluestone Manor, the fact that it's called Bluestone Manor, that comes from an earlier episode of Real Housewives. It's a whole thing. But the house itself, I mean, this is a gorgeous property. It's beautiful. It is stunning. Like, we're, like, we are saying this because this is what Vicky said. We are not shitting on Bluestone Manor because we would kill to live at Bluestone yeah, Manor. Yeah, babes, okay? invite me, Dorinda. I will be up there in a second. Yes. Like, <laughs> she's got some quirky interior decor style, some eclectic style. But you know what? I live. I okay. live. I live. And it was so funny seeing all the girls arrive one by one. They were all like riding in cars, pulling up. And like you said, they're all kind of comparing who knew who, like mm-hmm. what did they know about each other? And like, they're just all so good because they knew how to get the conversations going. Like before they got there, drama was a brewing. Like we found out that yeah. Taylor and Brandy like were not on good terms. And I think Tamara and Brandy were not on good terms. And it was, it was just fun to see all of that like already starting from the jump. Absolutely. No, on that note, like these girls were making their money from the car ride because before they even arrive at Bluestone Manor, I think it was specifically Vicky and Tamara. I want to I want to say I rewatched the whole season in these last like few days for this episode, but still like there's so much that happens. It still gets a little blurry. But I want to say it was Vicky and Tamara in a car riding together and they're already gossiping, getting getting stuff going. And I'm like, y'all couldn't just sit in the car ride and get ready for the show. You had to like get your scene in now, your, your one-on-one time with the camera. Got they, want, okay. they want their airtime, babes. And it was mm-hmm. so good. And I want to say the highlight was after they all settled in, the conversation between Vicky and Dorinda. Oh my God. Like it was so awkward. So I don't even know how it got brought up, but the conversation of COVID and vaccinations came up. And oh my gosh. just like Tamara said, don't talk about politics, religion, or the vaccine. Like it's never like, gonna why end would well. You crazy like, ass people. Come on. And it was like 10 o'clock at night, so they were already a little tipsy. Brandy's already passed out in bed from being so drunk at like 10 o'clock. So she's gone. And Vicky was saying that she did not get vaccinated. And Dorinda Mm-mm. got very upset because Dorinda and a lot of people on the cast knew people that passed away from COVID because they didn't have the vaccine. And well, not only that, I think it was also a shocking moment because a lot of the girls sitting there were not as upset as Dorinda, but they were upset because this was not what they were led to believe from Bravo. Yeah, they thought that everyone was like clean, tested, vaccinated, like good to go. And they're like, wait, what? You've been sick? You're not vaccinated. And And Vicky was feeling sick on the show. So like as they're learning that Vicky's not vaxxed, they're all kind of like, hmm, there's been a lot of sniffling. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. No, Like, ah, I don't know. And also, I want to say something that really bothers me about this show. They do specifically talk about the fact that every single person there is, except for Vicky, is vaxxed and they're clean. They have been tested. You know, you can be sure that we're working with like millions of dollars worth of (laughs) net worth in that building. So, of course, they're going to be, you know, taking precautions. No one's, Bravo is not going to get sued over someone getting sick. Okay. 
but it irritates me that all of the help, all of the crew and the staff working have to wear masks around them, but then none of the cast are wearing masks because you know that every single member of that crew and staff have also been tested and everything. And it just gives like a, you guys are beneath us. Yeah, it was know. a little weird. It was a little weird. But Dorinda definitely gave her opinion to Vicky and was like, mm -hmm. you're in the wrong. Do you want a, a unicorn to appear? She was stuck. She was talking up on a unicorn reference. She was trying to make saying a unicorn was going to Dorinda appear. was very, very intoxicated at this point. Mm -hmm. Intoxicated. And this is Dorinda. Like if you've ever seen Roni, like this is how she acts. She gets so worked up like fast. Like it was like. On a topic. She will pick one thing and like hyper fixate on it and like beat it to a pulp. And yell. She's like, she's like a screamer. Like she can't have a mm -hmm. conversation and like an argument. She's, New York. Yeah. Yeah. So she always has to have like the last word be loud and it escalated. And then by the end, everyone's like, Vicky, like, come on, you got to apologize. Vic Vicky did apologize. And my favorite thing that Dorinda said was, this is just the vaccine. So I think I can probably tell that we disagree in a lot of different areas. Like I see you, you see me, we see each other, but we are going to We'll play nice, but we'll agree to not be best friends. Like, Agreed. And I also like what Vicky said, because I do agree with this. Vicky was like, I'm a guest in her home. Like, now I feel awkward staying here. And like, I get that. Mm -hmm. Like, that, Dorinda should have stepped. She was out of line, obviously, in this Well, we'll argument. see throughout this whole season that Dorinda does not have a problem with making her guests feel extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. And she really does not have a problem berating people in her yeah. home. Before we move on to the next episode, though, I have some quotes from Stop. episode one that I want to talk about. I'm pretty sure, you guys, the one thing I didn't think to do was write which episode the quotes were from. But I'm pretty sure these are all three from episode one. So Vicky is already feeling sick, and that will continue through the season a little bit. Like, spoiler alert, she doesn't have COVID, but she is feeling sick, and it's making people feel a little uncomfy. They're in the car, and Vicky says, I gotta get some air on me. <laughs> and Tamara says, it's not hot in here. And Vicky says, it's hot in here. And Tamara says, no, it's not. And Vicky says, then why is it so hot in here? <laughs> My favorite thing, Chloe, is I think me and you would be Vicky and Tamara on this trip because I love all the scenes of, like, Vicky and Tamara just in their room chilling. Like, it felt like it's, like, just some me girls too. chilling. Like, you can tell that they're really friends. I too. Yeah. Yes. And I, I have to say, I think I would be Vicky and you would be Tamara. Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first of all, of course, it would be me that would be Vicky because if anyone was going to get sick on a trip, it would be me. <laughs> okay. So then pulling up into Bluestone Manor, Vicky goes, kind of creepy <laughs> they before even getting in like out of the car she's like Chloe, i don't like it one of my favorite scenes from the first episode is when dorinda's like yeah some of the girls stayed up until four o'clock and then it showed like a ring camera showing Tamara and vicky like creeping at like four o'clock in the morning and vicky looks at the camera and she says it's cold i literally <laughs> died i was it was so funny i remember that and Okay, I'm so glad you pointed that out because I forgot to write that part down. That is probably one of my favorite scenes <laughs> from the whole show. And it became a trend that if anyone was going to be up late into the wee hours of the night creeping around, Tamara 
was involved. Yeah. That girl was a night owl. She was she was gonna be involved. If there was gonna be pizza ordered at 3 a.m., she was there. If there was creeping to do, she was there. If there was like naked dancing to do, like she was there. Girl has FOMO or something. I don't know what it is, but her the fact that the first night they get there. <laughs> Vicky and Tamara are alone in their room looking at each other being like, should we go creep around and go Me and you. Me and you, Chloe. Literally us, Garrett. It's cold. It's cold. I (laughs) died. That's the thing, too, too about Vicky is, like, she is so fucking hilarious, but I don't think Vicky has ever once tried to be funny. No. It's literally just her. Like That's the thing, too. Like, this is not a girl who's trying to be funny or is, like comedic like a comedian she's one of those people in the world that is like insanely hilarious just to observe just to like to see her living like her like you said her and mary like i could just put a camera on them like a a, like a spy camera and i would just be entertained watching them just do their everyday thing (sighs) exactly okay so then my last quote about this episode before I get into the quote, some backs like backstory. Miss Phaedra from Atlanta is a lawyer, but she also owns a funeral home and she's been involved in like the funeral business. And so this quote really cracked me up. Dorinda, and this is like one of the quotes that kind of just happened in the background while another pair were talking over it. So like I caught it and like the closed captions caught it, but it wasn't a main point of conversation. Dorinda goes, My style inspiration was sort of Marilyn Monroe meets Frankenstein. And Phaedra goes, now that's a combination I really like. (laughs) I love Phaedra. She brings the Southern charm. You know, like, that's why. She really does. And she was so nice, like you said at the beginning. She was so gracious and was like, thank you so much. Like, at the end of the episode one, she was like, I'm having, like, a great time. Like, it's so peaceful and quiet. And that, like, quote, unquote, quiet and calm. Mm -hmm. That's the opposite of what it is here. But it's just... She's so nice, and I love Phaedra. And she's, like, so quiet. So then when she does say something, it's like people really pay attention. And one thing I want to say about Phaedra, she already mentioned on the show, like, only because this was a point of conversation, she mentioned on the show that she doesn't really, like, do drugs, she doesn't smoke, none of that. But Phaedra is one of those people that kind of always seems like she is high as shit. (laughs) Not because she's acting crazy, because she's always, like, slow and, like, very, like... I don't even know how to describe it. Like her slow and low. Her voice is always quiet. She's always super calm. And like her eyes are always like barely open. <laughs> I'm like, Phaedra girl, what you doing? So good. So that was episode one. And now it kind of ends episode one with Dorinda and Vicky fighting. And it kind of picks that up with episode two into the night and then into the morning where they're all like, what the fuck happened last night? Like that was night one like what the hell like we're just getting started and people are already fighting so episode two is called there's a jill in the air because we didn't mention but jill zarin has not made it to the manor yet she is nowhere to be seen the girls have no idea she's coming and yeah that's all i'm gonna say at this moment she's quote unquote a surprise guest quote unquote So, the description of this episode is, while the ladies are getting pampered, a surprise guest arrives. Dorinda hosts a spirited dinner at the Vinford Hall, home of the famous Morgan Letters. Brandy's choice of words cause tension within the group. So, Chloe, what are your opinions about this episode? Like I said, Jill Zarin makes her a surprise appearance, and it did not go as planned, to say the least. 
Okay, so pretty much every episode is kind of divided into like three sections. They do their little like wake up and morning activity. Then there's usually like, like a nap or a meal and then a get ready scene kind of combined. And then there's like a dinner and an evening activity. By then everybody's drunk, especially Dorinda. You can count on Dorinda being slammered. And one thing about Dorinda too, you can hear audibly the second she gets there. Yep. She goes from being normal Dorinda to becoming... Now, why would you say that at my home? Slurring. Mm -hmm. Bad. Bad. And like getting like very sloppy speech. It's just interesting. So for this episode, I can't remember like the very, very beginning kind of what happened when the ladies woke up. But I would assume people were a little hungover, kind of had some breakfast. And then they went to do their nails by the pool. Yes. And Dorinda was very excited about this activity. I think she said like 15 times. I don't think we've ever had nails done at the pool here at Bluestone Manor. This is so exciting. I don't think we've ever had manicures at the at the <laughs> pool here at Bluestone Manor. She's so excited. And it's like, yes, we get it. But the thing that's funny about it is like for any normal person listening, that would be such a cool thing, right? To have a whole setup and have people come and do your nails in a row by the pool at your house. And for Dorinda, yeah, she's excited about it. I'm sure she she spent a lot of money or Bravo spent a lot of money setting this up and it was her creative idea maybe. None of the other girls are impressed whatsoever. Yeah, they're like, okay. They're like, okay, a manicure, like whatever. I came here with a manicure, but I guess you can take mine off. They probably all just paid real money to go get their nails done for the show. And then they're like, oh, let's redo your nails and these random, anyway. So... They're all out there. Taylor is sitting next to Eva. And bless her heart, I don't know why, but Taylor just pulls out a scarf and she's like, this is my first scarf. <laughs> and her and Eva start having a conversation. Taylor's like, my friend gave me this prayer scarf. They they do all the seven summits, you know? you know? And they just get into this conversation. I'm like, what is happening? And then all of a sudden, it's time for Jill Zarin's moment. Oof. Bless her heart. Jill yeah. Zarin, oh, this... I feel that she was set up in this moment. I don't know if it was the edit that they gave her, but if it's if that was the real way that it went down, it was bad. It was awkward. I would have fucking turned around and got back in a car. Like, uh -huh. it was bad. First off, she's I wearing this... Cried. <laughs> no, me too. I would have went back home. First off, she's wearing this shirt that says surprise on it, which is automatically a custom shirt with on the back hashtag Team Jill. Like, automatically, oh. she's excited to be there. And when I tell you... Most of the girls didn't know who she was, and the girls that did know her were like, why is she, like, here, like, okay, like, get a chair and, like, sit down, like, stop making it a moment. Like, it was bad. It was awkward. Or stop trying to make it a moment. Yeah. Because I don't know if anyone knows, but on Roni, she had this, like, iconic scene, like, that people know, and it's called Scary Island, where they're on this trip, and Jill shows up. After everyone was arrived, and was like, what the fuck are you doing here, Jill? It was, like, awkward, and, like, Ramona and her were fighting, so it was this whole thing. So she was trying to recreate this moment, and it just did not work. Like, it was just, it was bad. It was really, really and, bad. And like Garrett said, that editing was dirty. Dirty. It was like crickets <laughs> going. It was like... Like actual crickets <laughs> in the field. It was really sad. And then, and then what's worse... <laughs> So she make, tries to make it a whole thing. She's wearing a blazer over the surprise t-shirt. And then 
this dog comes running out and she picks up her dog and then this guy comes out and everyone's like, no, why not? Who's this? Like, like what's going on? She's like, this is my boyfriend. Is it Gary? I think so. I'm not sure. This but... is my boyfriend, Gary. <laughs> He's like, hi girls. I just wanted to say like, have a great time. Take care of my Jill. Like whatever. Kisses her. And he's like, all right, I love you. Have a fantastic time. And he takes the dog and leaves. And I'm like, now why the fuck are you on the show? Like, why do you think you get screen time? What is happening here? The door. Like, leave. So Stop. weird. So weird. And then it becomes weirder later when they talk about things and we find out that that boyfriend is the same boyfriend that she was dating like the day her husband's funeral happened. Mm. <laughs> and that's coming from someone who loves Jill, but I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? I don't know. So that happens. Everyone's like, okay, like no one actually gave a fuck. And then, they and then Dorinda literally says, Jill, Jill, just p pick a chair. Just sit down, Jill. Right. And I'm like, oh, God. It was bad. And then the so next bad. scene, they do lunch, and Dorinda's like, someone's like, oh, is Jill going to come? And she's like, yeah, but we can start without her. I said, they really don't give a fuck. They really don't give a Literally, when on the first episode, people waited for like 40 minutes for people for lunch. And then it was Jill, and they were like, eh, doesn't matter. And then Jill comes down, and they immediately start berating her because she's talking too much. <laughs> No, they like she was like the hitting back, like it hit the pinata. The punching just, bag. Like, she really yeah. was. Yeah. Jill, 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 stop. Stop. <laughs> Take a breath. Like you're like the walking QVC. I need you to stop. Eat your salad. Like I'm like, oh my God. That's don't talk to people like that. Yeah, she's a grown woman, but they did not treat her like one. But Jill also added just a different dynamic. So I'm glad Jill was there, honestly. Like she hadn't broke it up a little bit and that was I a love good Jill. Piece. I'm so glad she was there. I loved her too. So after this, they did like the getting ready scenes. Vicky's not feeling well, obviously, at this point. Also, Vicky's going through a breakup, so she's depressed about the breakup. And they also do a little sound bath during this episode oh yeah the and sound bath was weird Vicky was, was weird. not a fan she got up and left she got up and left she was like i gotta make some insurance calls like i can't be here right now <laughs> she's like I, I gotta call the office <laughs> so that was just another activity that like everyone was like okay like dorinda probably was so excited about this and everyone was like okay it's a sound bath like sitting they were like, quiet they hated that. <laughs> I hated that. so then they get ready to go to dinner and they go, like I said, to the Fintford Hall. And like we said, it's kind of always a dinner and a fight because at mm -hmm. this point they're getting drunky. And Brandy did not drink all day. So she was saving it for night. And oh boy, did she get all of her drinks in. So <sighs> I believe Dorinda got hammered, obviously. Brandy got buried and intoxicated. And I could think Taylor was there because at the end, it was a screaming match between everyone. Taylor was definitely drinking yes mm -hmm. yes 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 so it starts off with brandy loves to say bitch and shut the fuck up to people but kind of in like i can call chloe a bitch and like it's just like me like joking like we have that energy but the women just don't get that from brandy when brandy yeah. says bitch it's like oh you're calling me a bitch like you want to fight and they just cannot yeah get that energy down so brandy's just saying like shut the fuck up to like vicky and like everyone and it's just and that's that's exactly what it is like you were just saying they kind of get into a fighting match. Like, as a perfect example, when Taylor says bitch or shut the fuck up, she's pissed off and she means it and she's mad and she's yelling at you. And they got so mad at Brandy and she was just like, shut the fuck up, bitch. Yeah. Like, it's a different thing. You have to, you have to, like, listen to tone and, like, inflection. And 
I I have really mixed feelings about this because I think I'm I'm brandy in this situation. Oh, because I totally I totally am the type of person to be like, shut the fuck up. But these other women are getting so mad and they're like, I would never tell another woman to shut the fuck up or I would never call another woman bitch. And it's like, agreed. You're not going to say like, fuck you, bitch. And like actually be mad and mean about it. The tone, like you said, it's all about the delivery. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, she's not being malicious when she says it like that. She's just being like, whatever, bitch. Like, that's playful. It is playful. And I love that. Phaedra and Eva took Brandy out and was like, look, like these girls are after you, Like they don't want to like be kind of be friends. Like they're kind of icing you out. Like you can't be calling them bitch and tell them to shut the fuck up because you can tell us that and we get it, but they won't get it. And they're going to pick a fight with you. So like, calm it down. Yeah. And I appreciate it. It was Eva that was like, you can kiki with us. Like we know that you mean it that way, but you can't act like that with them. And I was like, okay, thank you for saying it that way to her and putting it that way to her. Also, thank you for being a safe place for her to be herself and like, you know, Kiki, if like whatever. But they saw it. They kind of like took her aside. And one thing that I loved about Brandy, which happened in a later episode, I think. But eventually this problem just is a recurring problem. And eventually she's like, look, I can't promise that it won't happen again, but I apologize and I will try not to. And they finally get there. And it's like, exactly. Like, don't promise that you're not going to do it again, because if that's your pattern of speech, you're going to do it again. You're going to slip up, but just make sure that they know it's not malicious. I'll try not to. I don't intend to. And if it happens again, like I will apologize. We can talk about it. But yeah. Whatever. There's bigger things to be arguing about. This is so like boring. It's so stupid. Yeah. So they go back at the table after they did this little like conversation with Brandy, and comes to find out Brandy made a comment to the waiter about her eyebrows. And the husband and wife work together, and she basically asked the husband, "Is that woman a lesbian?" And he's like, "No, that's actually my wife." And then Phaedra was like, "Brandy, why did you think that woman was a lesbian?" And Brandy goes, because of her eyebrows. <laughs> like, and that what? took Phaedra out. She Phaedra loved was it. dead. She loved that. She loved it, but then half the people hated it. Phaedra loved, I'm not saying Phaedra loved the whole disrespect aspect of it. She loved when Brandy said her eyebrows. E- like that was so funny to Phaedra. Is what yeah. I meant. But yeah, half the table was like pissed off and I would have been embarrassed and pissed. Yeah, it was embarrassing. It was definitely embarrassing. And that just took the evening to a different level because then taylor and brandy go at it because once again brandy says shut the fuck up or like bitch or something and taylor's like you don't call me a fucking like screaming at each other at this fucking like nice place like embarrassing Mm -hmm. at this point like what are you girls doing i was a little confused because they were giving brandy so much shit about saying shut the fuck up or saying bitch and then taylor goes shut the fuck up bitch (laughs) so you can say it okay got it but another thing that we forgot to mention is like this whole Vetford Hall event, like night out, it's supposed to be like a spooky, creepy kind of ghosty thing. It's kind of like one of those paranormal experience places. Yeah. So they did like coffee grounds readings and Brandy and Eva were talking and Dorinda got really pissed because they disrespected some this coffee grounds reader that Dorinda brought in from like season three of Real Housewives or something like, okay, whatever, Dorinda, like, we don't care. Not that we don't care about this person, but she's trying to make like a cool connection and like a a moment out of it. And it's like, all right. But 
so Dorinda's already pissed off at these women. Then the lesbian eyebrows thing happens, which I have to say, like, it's funny to watch it as entertainment. But the reason why I say, like, I would be pissed in the moment is because not only are you, like, embarrassing us as a group, but you're also potentially, like, insulting these people, embarrassing yeah. them. And it's also never okay to just be like, she looks like a lesbian. Is she a lesbian? Like, that's not okay. Like, it was too just, much. The whole day was, was too, too much. much. It yeah. just wasn't cute. It's like, yeah. you're you're being like fucking ratchet right now. Yeah. So basically, that was the dinner. Basically, at the end, Tim was like, all right, let's go home. Let's call it a night. Mm -hmm. Let's wrap it up. And they exited. And that was episode two. So moving on to episode three, dazed and excused. After shopping in town and visiting a marijuana dispensary, Dorinda referees field day games. Vicky's medical woes continue. Dorinda and Brandy go head to head in a lasagna bake-off. And it's crazy. So let, let's get right on into it. Let's get into it. First and first, I love that Eva was like, let's go to the dispensary, babe. So she's like, I looked it up and it's legal here. She's from Georgia mm -hmm. where... Uh, marijuana is not legal so it's funny that she was like i did my research that's one thing i need to survive around you girls y'all can drink get drunk i need my my medication to calm me down which i love absolutely actually so i wrote some omg moments from this whole series this whole show and two of my omg moments were from this episode where yeah uh eva went to the dispensary brought all these freaking beverly hills and oc girls to the dispensary <laughs> and then ends up getting some of them high later and then with the lasagna bake-off later on, one of my OMG moments is Dorinda stealing all of um, Brandy's ingredients, even though it's supposed to be a, like a fair lasagna bake-off and Dorinda's stealing ingredients and having her chefs make it. <laughs> messy, 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 messy. Messy. And then of course, Vicky. At this point, Vicky's a little annoying because I was expecting her to whoop it up like vicky has we not were expecting whoop it up vicky. like i'm wanting some fun but she's just been bitching and complaining about her being sick and her boyfriend and wanting to go back to work and the girls have had it a little bit and i feel like mm -hmm. even tamara's like all right girl like, you're my friend but i've come here to like make new friends and like experience this all like get a grip so i believe this is the episode where vicky goes to the emergency room and gets a steroid shot a steroid shot yeah and Tamara even talks about that that this is kind of like a recurring thing that every time they ever go on a trip together Vicky always ends up needing a medic or going to a clinic or going to the hospital like something always happens and Tamara's just like look girl this time you're good they're taking you to the hospital I'm gonna stay here and have a good I don't blame time. her I honestly I don't, don't blame, blame her, her either yeah no I'm like you know what Tamara you need to get your airtime <laughs> but at the same time i'm like vicky i've had a sinus infection like they all kind of also did underplay it they were like oh it's just a sinus infection like you would not want to be doing that shit with a sinus infection with That's all those true. bitches yeah that is true as the girl who always is the sick one of the group i feel you girl <laughs> So Dorinda referees the field day games and that's cute. It's just like, I honestly feel like all the games and stuff are just for Dorinda. And also I, I'm sure production like wants the girls to do events and stuff. And do it was something. Yeah, it was cute. I mean, they were just playing games and having fun It was kind of just like, whatever. Yeah. This episode was kind of a chiller one, which we needed because the last two episodes was a lot of fighting and things. So this one was just kind of a, a chiller episode, but also it was fun to see the girls have fun and not so like toe to toe with everyone, you know? I also think a lot of the girls were hungover on this day. <laughs> like, just let me get through. Let me get through this. 
I want to go ahead and go to episode four because like you said, episode three is a little bit uneventful. Other than that bake-off, which like Brandy was putting some weird ingredients into her lasagna and my favorite quote of the bake-off was Jill. Jill was like, honestly, I didn't think either of them were that good. They should have asked me to make lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jill, I love you. That's so fucking funny. So yeah, that was a cute little episode. But moving on to episode four, speak easy and act tough. Oh. So Vicky and Tamara miss out on Dorinda's aerobics class after breaking house rules. Taylor recreates her infamous tea party. The ladies rewind the clocks for a prohibition-inspired dinner where the brown liquor flows and emotions run. Now, I want to say the last episode was so blah because this one was action-packed. <laughs> like, from start to end, it's so much. And I love that it's halfway through. Like, this is, like, the mm -hmm. point where they're like, all right, we're peak. Like, we're halfway through. Like, we got to give the girls what they deserve. And they really acted out from the beginning, starting with Dorinda going ballistic. Like, it was actually like, scary. Like, Chloe. Sociopathic. Yeah. Like, I have to say, look, this is a heavy thing. And I want to say the words allegedly and in my opinion. Allegedly, in my opinion, Dorinda has some mental health issues. And what I mean by that is not like no judgments, no, you know, if whatever, I don't know what it is, but something is very off about Dorinda where she will make someone else cry by screaming at them so much. And then as soon as that person who's crying starts, she's like, oh, what, you're going to cry now, like little baby, whatever. And then as soon as that person who's crying gets attention for crying, she goes, no, I'm going to cry. And then three seconds later, crocodile tears start. And she always says, I'm going to cry before she starts crying. It's like she's psyching herself into it. It's so stupid. She, it's weird. And the way she lays into people and belittles people, it is like. I would go so off. So aggressive. I would black out on Dorinda and I would literally go off on her if she ever spoke to me that way. And I think that's what what happened to Tamara. She kind of like blacked out and was like, no. She, like, she snapped. I'm not a little girl. So. She's like, hold on. I'm almost like a 60-year-old woman. <laughs> what the fuck are you? And also like each and every one of these women are like business owners, like hardworking women. I don't know that every one of them is a business owner, but they're like hardworking business women. Like fuck you. You're not going to speak to me like that. And one thing that pisses me off is Dorinda's always like, you're in my house. You come to my home. It's like, yeah, because Bravo told me I, I was going to. Like, I would much rather be somewhere exotic in that, uh, like, Massachusetts bitch. right now, babes. Exactly. Like, I would love to be anywhere else. Like, calm <laughs> it down. But this all starts just because Dorinda finds out that Tamara and Vicky have food in their rooms. And the first episode... Dorinda puts rules in everyone's room and the first rule is no food or drinks upstairs, which I get, but at the same time, everyone else has been doing it and you cannot have these strict rules for over a week long. Like there are eight girls and like a lot's Service going on. Yeah. Also like they're your guests. Like here's the thing. Even if you do have those rules and the guests break the rules, like let it go. Don't reprimand it. It's like, yeah, that's a little disappointing that they didn't respect my wishes, but like, you have money. To reprimand them in the house? Like, you already have a full cleaning crew. Who's, yeah. You're planning on deep cleaning the whole place afterwards. Anyways, it was that damn cleaning crew lady who told Dorinda in the first place. But what really gets to me is that Dorinda had cupcakes in each and every bedroom as part of the welcome basket. Yep. Like, come on. So double take standards. the cupcake downstairs to the table to eat it. <laughs> it's too much. So Dorinda finds out 
Tamara and Vicky are in the kitchen. Dorinda storms down and blast their asses. Like, do you eat in your bedroom? Like, why would you ever do that? There's rules. Do you not see the rules? Let me go upstairs and find the rules for you. And Tamara's like, I don't need, like, I don't need to see them. Like, you got it. Like, you're good. You told me, I understand. I won't do it again. And the whole time they're having this fight, they're in these stupid aerobics outfits too. (laughs) So it's extra funny. Because Tamara's literally wearing tights with a thong bodysuit, getting like neon colors, getting yelled at. And it makes me sad because Tamara was so excited for aerobics. That was the one activity of the week she was pumped for. But anyways, continue. And then at some point... Tamara's like, I've had it. And she starts getting emotional. She's like, I'm getting yelled at. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm in your home. I don't want to yell at you. Like, can like we get over this? And then Dorinda continues. And finally, Tamara's like, I've had it. And she snaps on her and is like, don't talk to me like that. Like, I've had it. Like, if you don't want me here, like, I'll fucking leave. Like, like I've, I'm done. Like, stop talking she to me like, like that. She, like, screams back. Yeah. And then Vicky, during this whole fight, <laughs> is my favorite thing. Vicky killed me because during this whole fight Vicky's just standing there like totally blank face totally unaffected I feel like in moments like this Vicky just chooses to like disassociate and she's like goes to her happy place and she's like well I don't care and she's got these stupid little pigtails and like it kills me the whole thing is so funny and she's just like like looking around like a little bird it's hilarious so Dorinda is like freaking the fuck out she's pissed she's trying to get these girls to like grovel to her and be like i'm so sorry dorinda you're right we fucked up we are animals we don't know how to live you know what? honestly we live in a shack that like has no rules so you're right we just don't know and dorinda's like yelling into vicky's face and she's like why why did you do this why would you get upstairs in the room like do you do this at your home why would you do this and vicky's like no no i don't do it in my own home She's like, so why? Why would you do it in my home? And Vicky just goes, I don't have an answer for it. <laughs> and then walks away. <laughs> and I'm just like, Vicky will take no shit. Like, she's she's like, you know what? I'm not going to fucking get upset. You're not going to work me up. I don't have an answer, but I'm also not going to apologize. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So good. So after that, obviously, Vicky and Tamara decided not to go to aerobics and Dorinda gets upset for some reason. But like, if I was Even Dorinda... Dorinda told them not to come. She was yeah. like, you know what? You should sit this one out. Yeah. And I wouldn't have wanted them to come anyway. If I was Tamara, I wouldn't want to go. And if I was Dorinda, I wouldn't want them to go. So I don't know why she's like bitching about them. But whatever. That was that. And that was literally like nine in the morning. Like we're just getting the day started. <laughs> Dorinda is only bitching about it because then the other girls were missing Vicky and Tamara and Dorinda was like, <sighs> like, why are you missing them when I just did all of this? Just wants the attention. And I think it's that's why she, that sociopath. she gets, she gets off on hosting because like then she can always like manipulate it to be her, whatever. But after 100%, yes. yeah, she plays victim. So after this, they recreate Taylor's infamous tea party it was cute i love a tea party and it was a beautiful venue and taylor armstrong is the housewife that talks about her relationship with her ex-husband that was very abusive towards her and actually during one of the beverly hill seasons her husband committed suicide and that had a really big effect on taylor and even though he abused her and it was her ex still obviously had a big impact on her and just hearing her talk about it broke my heart because no matter who you are you don't deserve to go through any abuse and Taylor's such a sweet person and caring and loving and I just never 
I just breaks my heart that she went through that and she really was open about this and vulnerable and it really just made me respect Taylor and love her so much more and I'm glad that all the ladies rallied around her and like mm -hmm. supported her and understood and comforted her and that was a moment that wasn't so drama filled and it was actually real you know it was like actually yeah. real things and stuff that matter and it's important to talk about on these big platforms so I'm happy that they included that and included these conversations and I'm sure that it touched a lot of people that have went through this and was watching this and can relate to it so yeah it was actually gives me chills like it was so it was nice that they they talked about it yeah i was gonna say the same thing like i cannot imagine for taylor's perspective to not only go through something so awful and so heavy actually two awful heavy things combined that like one of those would have been enough for a lifetime and she dealt with both of them both of those separate traumatic events publicly that's the thing too is like not only did she go through this but the whole world knew about it and the reason why it is also so public is because she was hiding the physical abuse for a long time until another real housewives cast member outed it on mm -hmm. air on yeah. national television this poor woman like I mean, she has gone through a lot. Thank God she's happily married now. She's got like a new life, a new lease on life. And she seems happy now. And it's terrible what happened to her, both of those things. I think it's really sick. And it's incredible the way that Taylor has been able to pick herself back up, continue her life, find happiness again, find love again, continue to just be a beautiful, kind soul. So yeah. props to her. She's a survivor. And touching on something you said, the fact that she went through this so publicly is like awful and traumatizing but like you said i am sure that that was very helpful for thousands of women across the globe who got to see that and and relate to it and realize that like oh my god someone who's in a position like that could also experience something like this it's not just me you know so props to her she's a very strong woman yeah 100 percent. i love taylor and the whole tea scene was so cute i loved the whole aesthetic of it and then they go back home and they get ready for the prohibition party so they all had their different little outfits on getting in theme we love a themed dinner and yes. this is where the night gets crazy so bluestone manor has their own bourbon and oh boy does the bourbon hit and the girls kind of knew it going in like oh god like we don't really get into bourbon and they know that the brown liquor flows and like it says, the emotions run. Eva said, the brown liquor gets me feeling like basically horny. And she was like, I'm pretty sure every time I've ever had brown liquor, one of my children have come out of it. So we'll see what happens tonight. <laughs> and this is where the girls got drunky Anya, specifically Tamara and Brandy. Because I think Dorinda too. Dorinda too. Well, Dorinda loves her, loves the alcohol every single night. So at this speakeasy dinner, most of the whole speakeasy part of the night, you know, things are going well. People are in high spirits. People are feeling good. They're finally kind of letting loose. One thing that someone said, I think it was Dorinda, was like, I love a themed party. And it's almost like a theme party just puts people in a different kind of a mood, which I agree with. And so people were feeling fun. And, and even like Tamara and Dorinda were after this morning where they had this huge blow up, even they were playing nice together during the dinner. The only really bit of like tension was kind of the table teamed up against Vicky a little bit because they just wanted to talk about her relationship problems. She was going through a breakup 
with Steve, who she had been with for, I think they said like eight years or something like that. And the, the group kind of ganged up on her a little bit, especially Dorinda. She was being a little harsh, just telling uh, Vicky, like, no man should ever be like living in your house. He's taking advantage of you. Like he's got another piece on the side. So they really laid, laid into Vicky about that a little bit. And she kind of like wasn't wasn't feeling it, wasn't interested. And because of the bourbon, she starts like crying a little bit. Then they turn it back around and they all start dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was emotions. just like a little moment, little yeah. moment of that and like a roller coaster. Overall, it was a good night I, for a dinner party. It wasn't like yes. anything terrible, but right. nothing good can happen long. So what happened after the party? <laughs> so they all go back to the house and the most of the girls start changing into some PJs. Some of the girls keep drinking. I think this is the night where Tamara and Brandy start having a lot of fun. They are drunk. Tamara's flashing her titties on camera. They're dancing around. They're having a great time alone in the kitchen with the staff. Meanwhile, in like the parlor, Dorinda and uh, Eva and I think Phaedra and Jill and maybe a few others were in there. Eva stands up and she excuses herself for the night and she she says, good night, ladies. I'm going to bed. I have to record my show early in the morning. Eva is the host of a nationally syndicated radio show. So, you know, this is her full-time job. She is not going to miss it for the trip. And so she's waking up every morning at like four or five in the morning to record her show. And Jill says something like, oh, can I be on your show? And like, they're all drunk. Okay. And Jill's like, oh, can I be on your show? And Eva's like, oh, I wish. Like, it's a nationally syndicated show so you'd have to get clearance you know too bad and Eva's walking away and Jill's like well can I just come in and sit on your bed while you while you record tomorrow morning and Eva's like ah no and she walks away she's out of the room and Dorinda's like Jill just don't don't do that you're so thirsty when you do stuff like that just don't do that it just comes off so weird like why would you say that it's just like so it's inappropriate and, you know, Dorinda, when she gets on to something, she's just going to lay into it real hard. And Jill's like, what, what, like, what do you mean? What's it? What, what inappropriate? You know, I just was trying to support her. I was trying to be a good friend. I wasn't trying to do anything weird. And so now Jill's like walking away. She's like, I'm not doing this with you, Dorinda. I'm just trying to be a good friend. So now Jill's walking away. She gets a little attention from Phaedra. So now she's crying. And when Dorinda sees someone else crying, she's like, she doubles down. And she becomes a victim. She, like, plays victim mm-hmm. once she sees someone's crying. Yeah, so she's like, all right, so we're doing this. We'll do it. So then she plays her part, and she's like, oh, well, I'll get upset now. <laughs> and at some point of the night, Jill's in the confessional room, or confessions, like, whatever, I don't know. And she's crying to the camera, being like, I don't know why she would say that. Dorinda's, I've been friends with Dorinda for, like, 20 years. I don't know why she's coming for me right now. Then literally the whole entire crew pretty much piles into the confession room. They start fighting in there. It's just a mess, honestly. Like, I don't even know what went down. All I can say is that everything that went down that night went down because of bourbon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like I said, this is where I believe Jill and Dorinda's feud starts. Because it's like nighttime, so they kind of end it after the confessional. And yeah, like, it's definitely a lot of history. Because like you said, they've known each other for 20 years. So there's a lot of, like, probably built up tension. And especially... They're drunk and they're being filmed and they know that it's a show. So all of the tension and all of that combined just really escalated, I think. And 
Yeah, it was just so much drama. And like half the girls were asleep. It was like 12 o'clock at night. Like they love a night fight. I'm like, dang, I'd be passed out. It was a out. lot. It was a lot. I can't remember which episode it's from. I think it might be the one we just talked about. But I have a quote from Vicky that says, this is less like Berkshires and more like the Berserkshires. <laughs> <laughs> oh, She's well. like, this is crazy. It's crazy. So that leads perfectly into episode five, The Ultimate Thirst, and the Bluestone Manor is full of hot air. At dinner, Dorinda takes the ladies down memory lane, but past feuds reignite tensions between several ex-wives. So Ugh. this morning, their activity was a hot air balloon. So half the girls were excited and half the girls were not, obviously half of them were scared, but I thought that was a cute, I love a hot air balloon. So I've been super excited for that. And I mean, I just have to say this again. The Blue Storm Manor is so beautiful. Like the grounds mm -hmm. are beautiful. Like I would, God, mm -hmm. I would love to stay there for a few days. So that was beautiful. And I think a lot of the morning was just kind of rehashing what went down last night, like kind of filling in some of the girls of what happened and obviously just mm -hmm. kind of adding into it because guess what we have to talk about tonight? <laughs> another fight between them. Well, and I think this is another one of the mornings where everyone wakes up hungover again. So yeah. there's like that weird vibe. Like you guys know how it is when you go out with a group and then you wake up with the same group the next morning, but everyone's hungover. It's like, uh, and it's like, do we even talk about it or we do we just move on? I'm tired. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And the hot air balloon was so cool and it was like tethered to the ground. So they didn't go anywhere other than like around her property. But I thought it was really sweet. I give Dorinda a lot of shit, but there was one moment that I thought was really sweet about the, the hot air balloon thing. She, she said in her interviews that she got kind of emotional and touched when she was on the hot air balloon just looking at her grounds because, you know, she lost her husband. He had passed away years ago and she was like, I got a little emotional looking down as a woman at all of these grounds and my beautiful home and all of this like estate and just the fact that I've been able to keep it together as a single woman, I didn't think I'd be able to do it. And here I am today, which I was just like, that's really kind of like a touching moment. I mean, obviously, she's a very, very, very wealthy and fortunate woman. So it's like, oh, how sweet you were able to keep your fortune. But it is kind of cool because it's like woman power. You were able to do it after your husband died. Good for you. Yeah, I agree. It is. It is nice. And I love that for Dorinda. And I'm glad that she was able to keep it after her husband passed. So other than the hot air balloon, Garrett, like what, what else happens today? Like what else are these girls up to? So I believe just Dorinda talks about her feud with Jill a little bit more. I think from this whole fight from Jill and Dorinda, what we really learn ultimately is like these two women are really not that good of friends. I think the truth of it is these are two women who haven't known each other for a long time and been in the same circle for a long time, but they're not friends. Yeah, that's good. They, they, I don't, they know I, each other. I think yeah. Jill likes Dorinda. I don't think Dorinda likes Jill. Yeah. And no, like no, no. for them to know each other for 20 years and be friends, like why is Dorinda getting Jill's last name wrong? You know, so it's it seems a little off to me and it seems like they're only like friends in Bravo on camera. Land. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So at the end of episode five, they go to the Red Lion which is like an inn or a restaurant, something that Dorinda works at and they all go for dinner and she gets like absolutely belligerently drunk. Like Dorinda gets so drunk at this dinner and I don't even remember who she's mad at, but she's like yelling at everyone. She's causing a big scene. This was like a fight that just lasted and lasted at this restaurant. And they were like, well, Dorinda's never getting a job here again. Like yeah. that's for sure. 
Brandy starts talking about like Dorinda and Jill's ex-husbands and I think she's like commenting on all the drama that Dorinda and Jill are going through because Dorinda's throwing shade at Jill because Jill had Bobby her husband's funeral and then like was talking about Gary her current boyfriend at the funeral she had Bravo come and film the funeral which was really weird like Dorinda is just throwing shade at the whole thing Jill doesn't really have anything to say to like fight back but you know Dorinda also lost a husband and she's like well I thought that we could have bonded over that I thought that could have been the connection between us and out of somewhere Brandy budges in makes some sort of comment that pisses Dorinda off and so Dorinda says you don't talk like that you don't talk about someone's husband I get very triggered by death what how would you feel what, what how would you feel if your son died and that just escalated and everything. The entire table starts freaking out. Everyone gets super upset. And Brandy storms out. She goes to the bar. She's like, give me vodka. And she's like pissed off. She's like, yeah. don't talk about my children. Yeah. And then Phaedra goes to Brandy. And that's where... No, Phaedra said something about Dorinda being much older. She was like, she could be your mom. Like, why? Don't get upset. And Brandy goes what she can't be my mom she's only five years older than me and that kills phaedra she's dead laughing and she's like well you're kidding me like no way <laughs> and the whole time this is happening the bartender's laughing yeah it was good <laughs> he's just it was getting cute. a little kick out of it it was cute and then i don't think anything gets resolved Mm-mm. there no like, i believe they, they go talk home about angry. it in the next episode yeah. yeah yeah so that kind of leads perfectly into episode six tis the season where the hangover from red lion still lingers but phaedra tries to lift the mood with a wine tasting luncheon santa comes early when dorinda throws a christmas in september party where secrets and new rumors come to light so this is another morning where everyone's hungover as fuck and like they're like super hungover like god like why are we still here everyone's hungover and in a bad mood this morning and nobody and i mean nobody wants to go to this wine taste no they're like wine are you fucking kidding me and they're also like can we go the fuck home like they're like ready to go home at this point they're like one more day like this is it like i'm over it well meanwhile like three or four days ago vicky is like oh my god we're going home tomorrow they're like no we go home on saturday she's like we go yeah. home on Saturday, <laughs> and Dorinda's like, "If you want to leave, you can leave. Like, get out of here." But, get out. <laughs> it's Christmas time. The girls are hungover, and Phaedra got to arrange this event. Each girl got a chance to arrange an event, and Phaedra wanted to go to the wine tasting. She doesn't even like wine, she said, but this is what she arranged. And they go there, and she's like, "Now, ladies, this is a tasting, not a drinking, and we're gonna be kind. We're gonna be nice." And I love Phaedra because she decided she's going to open up a book of prayers and read her favorite prayer over everybody and have a little godly moment with these women. And I'm like, Phaedra, you really think that this is going to change how these women behave and act? Like, bless you for thinking that. But I just don't think you I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think these women are going to find a spirit today. I agree. I'm surprised (laughs) that she did. I'm glad that she did. But it was what we needed. We needed a calm event we didn't know need anyone else fighting and then they go back to the house for the christmas in september party which i always love a party like that and like we said before everyone loves a theme party so everyone was getting dressed up and having a good time and yeah it just set the mood i love that she thought of this 
I do too. I think it's really fun. And I loved the way that Dorinda was like, I don't think it's fair for anyone to come to Bluestone Manor and leave without getting the joy of experiencing Chris- Christmas here. I was like, that's cute. You go girl. I live. Make I it nice. It. She made it nice. So <laughs> honestly, this whole episode is a day with very little drama. And I feel like the ladies were kind of enjoying themselves. And it was like, we're, you know, tomorrow's our last day. Let's just have some fun. So like, in my opinion, I think they had fun with the Christmas dinner. They had a nice time. Taylor almost tried to ruin it, but they got it back. They pulled it back into into nice territory. And after dinner, they did a little white elephant secret Santa kind of thing, which was really fun. They had some fun gifts. People got some things that they liked. Jill was really excited because she got an ugly Christmas sweater and she's Jewish. So she never got to experience Christmas. <laughs> so she was really excited. And she was like, because I'm a Jew, I never got to experience Christmas before. So this Christmas in July is like really fun and exciting for me because I love all religions. They all bring people closer to God. And this is like just so fun for me. So I love that for her. Like that's the kind of thing I like about Jill. She's just super positive. She could be in there like I'm Jewish. This is really uncomfortable for me. You know, I don't feel good about this. This feels like I'm going against my religion. And instead she's like, I'm enjoying this. This is a new experience. It's fun. So like I love her for that. I love yeah, that she embraced me it. Me too. Yeah. And I think it was just like a fun night. And then uh, Dorinda had a really fun surprise for all the girls where she had a snow machine hired. So she made some snow outside. They all kind of played in it for a little bit. I was dying because it was so cute. Marco was standing there. The butler guy was standing there with the camera taking photos of them in the snow. I was like, Marco, please tell me Marco got paid like 50 grand for this job. <laughs> And all was well. They go back inside. They start dancing. They're drinking. This is where Brandy is, like, really shaking her ass. Like, her bare ass is everywhere. Her thong is in the camera's face. But they're all having fun. Yeah. Then they go to sleep. And all of a sudden, tomorrow, we'll find out that Dorinda wasn't having so much fun. (laughs) So, like you said, that leads perfect into the last day, episode seven, Leaving on a Prayer. And Jill relives her camp experience by taking the group canoeing at a local lake. A final dinner at Shaker Village brings the ladies together as Phaedra reveals a late night surprise to lift everyone's spirits. Okay, so this episode was interesting. I feel like I was a little underwhelmed with how they ended it. Like this last episode, I feel like they should have saved Christmas for the last episode or something else. Like I feel like they had, or like the prohibition night could have been the last night i feel like it didn't end with a bang i agree yeah i agree this is definitely not my favorite episode of all of them and it kind of felt rushed at the end because they also leave at like the last five minutes so it's like very like rush closing i definitely think they could have got an extra episode if they wanted to but that's just my opinion i agree so they start off with this camp experience and they all go canoeing which like that was kind of fun and i'm glad jill got to like arrange her event or whatever she was like i was very traumatized as a kid when i went to camp so i'm gonna reinvent that experience and i'm like good for you girl childhood trauma healing but it was just kind of boring yeah nothing nothing really really happened well the thing is with the canoeing is it splits everybody up so there's not an opportunity for conversation and drama to happen (laughs) yeah so like like you said it was kind of like lackluster and i mean i think some of the girls liked it but these are housewives. Like, this isn't really what they want to be doing, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But like you said, I live because Jill lived. So she had her moment. 
Yes, and she had her little camp counselor outfit. I live seeing the outfits that these girls put together to go canoe. <laughs> that killed me. So they go back to the house for a little bit. I think they like pack or get ready or something. And then it's time to go to Shaker Village. This is weird to me. So Shaker Village, as Dorinda loves to explain, she she loves to be a historical tour guide. She loves it. So Shaker Village is this like area close to where she lives, where this religious group who Phaedra said were at one time like from a branch of Pentecostal. I don't I don't know that that's accurate, but these Shakers used to live in this village area, and they were called Shakers because they would. Sh- Shake the demons right out of them. (laughs) And so they go to the Shaker Village place to have like a dinner, I guess. And first things first, they just walk up and there's like chairs in the middle of grass in the middle of nowhere in a dark barn yard. Yeah. And Vicky's like, come on, are you serious? We just got all dressed up. Like I thought we were having one night in like a nice restaurant or something. Like Jesus. And it's also really weird to me the way that Dorinda explains Shaker Village at first. She's like, it's just this really nice, cool place. Shaker Village. I was I was expecting like almost like one of those like Bavarian towns or something. Like not a Bavarian town, but where it's all very like touristy kind of and like set up and they really lean into the Shaker Village thing and like there's restaurants and whatever. No, we're it's a barn. Yeah. With like three three staff members and like mm-hmm. one weird random lady walking around the property. Yeah, it's weird. So it's dark. They all sit down. Everyone's in really good spirits. They're having a good time. And then the second comment, Brandy leans into Dorinda to make a joke. And Brandy's like, we've all like, they're like, we've had a great time. It's been a great week. And Brandy goes, just next time, don't yell at your guests to Dorinda. She is (laughs) set off. So for the next five to seven minutes, she's yelling at Brandy, berating her. Uh, belittling her I mean I it's just uncomfortable people even audibly say like let's stop like let's just have a good time let's not do this like Dorinda come on just take a breath like reel it in come on she doesn't stop no Mm -mm. and so Brandy starts crying she leaves Brandy gets up because she's gonna go excuse herself and Jill stands up immediately because she's a good friend and she's like I'm gonna go Jill goes I'm gonna go to the bathroom and grabs Brandy and like pulls her out of there but then what killed me is half of the group stand up and leave. And so now it's just Vicky, Tamara, <laughs> Taylor, and Jorinda left. And the rest of the group stands up and leaves. They go to try to find a bathroom, which was a whole adventure in itself. And Tamara, Vicky, and Taylor are telling Dorinda, like, just, you know, just let it go. Just leave it. She's crying. Like, there's no need for anyone to be upset. We don't need tears on the last night. It's just a whole mess. So the girls come back, like fast forward, it's time for dinner and we're going to move past this. So I have a quote from this because this scene was so fucking hilarious. The girls got like the most dressed up for this night out of the whole week, I think. And then she takes them to Shaker Village and they have to literally walk around an entire barn to get to dinner and like a working barn yeah not like a decorative like wedding venue kind of barn no there's like like cow shit everywhere and vicky says 
this isn't her confessional, but as she's saying it in the confessional, they're like playing the footage and it killed me. <laughs> Vicky goes, we're all dressed up. We're walking through a barn and Dorinda's proud that we're smelling cow manure. Because <laughs> Dorinda just keeps going, can you smell it? Can you smell the cows? Can you guys smell the cows? And Vicky's like walking uphill in five inch stiletto, probably Louboutins in this barn. Before the dinner, part of the reason why Dorinda was so upset with with Brandy was because at the Christmas party, she's shaking her ass in Dorinda's house. She's naked. So apparently she was very displeased with Brandy's behavior from the night before, even though she was loving it the night before. Yeah. So like, that's the thing too, is like Dorinda does not mind switching up when it suits her. Exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. And she acts like someone whose life isn't captured on film. <laughs> She's She acts like someone who doesn't have constant receipts that can be pulled up. She doesn't need receipts. Her receipts are in her head. Now that's the <laughs> truth. What do you remember from this night? I remember them hating it. I remember Vicky particularly like, what the hell? And like you said, it was like no one. It was only them. I like this village. Village, quote unquote. It was not nice. And like you said, everyone was, was like weird. dressed up wearing like name brand. They're like. Like, what the hell? Like, we're ready to get out of here. Like, they just hated it. Like, they really were like, what? Or like, what are we doing? Come on. Come well, on. and also, it felt like all of a sudden, the Real Housewives women were walking onto an American Horror Story set. Like, Roanoke. Like, it like, was come on. weird. <laughs> and also, Dorinda knows what's going on, and she knows where they're going. And this was the night that she chose to wear stilettos, silver sequin hot pants, a black sequin bodysuit, and a blazer. It just doesn't fit the... No. I'm so confused. I was yeah. like, this makes absolutely no sense. No sense. This is more ratchet than Crappy Lake. Crappy Lake wouldn't even set Luann and Sonya up for this kind of shit. Yeah, I was shocked. If they wanted to include it, this should have been at the beginning. But what I really think brought this together was Phaedra's surprise. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, she... so let's talk about it. Because Phaedra... Thank God Phaedra... She was the grand, the big finale. She capped off the whole season. She yeah, she really tell did. Tell us about it. So Phaedra brought out a choir. She brought out Bishop Walker, and just honestly brought this these whole vibes of like good spirits, like joy. And you know, gospel music gets everyone in the energy and like lifts everyone up. And this was what we needed. Like this was the yes. big cap. And Phaedra, as you all know, like she's all about her. Jesus, her God, she loves it all and she leans into it. And I think even if any of these women don't, like Jill, for example, even though this isn't Jill's religion, she still leaned into it and just brought everyone in a good Jill loved it. Jill loved it. Everyone loved it. And actually, even, okay, so I want to talk about this a little bit too, because Dorinda even said, she was like, I'm born and raised Catholic, but I loved this so much. I'm so glad that Phaedra did this. We all needed this. We needed to hear these words. And for me, I just love church. It doesn't, like this was, um, Dorinda's words, but she said, for me, I just love church. It doesn't matter what we're doing as long as we're together, like we're celebrating. Honestly, for me also, the whole point of church in general, usually typically is like positivity and uplifting and good spirits and good thoughts. So like what could go wrong with this? And I love before she brought out Bishop Walker in the choir, Phaedra gave everybody a Bible and a copy of the prayer, her favorite prayer book signed by the author. And Everyone was like loving it. Eva goes, you, because Eva and Phaedra know each other and they go way back. Phaedra's known Eva since she was like 17, she said. So uh, Eva goes, 
girl, you did not just give everybody a copy of the Bible. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're so extra. Because even probably in those pages, like, down and dirty secrets. She's like, girl, you did not just give everybody a Bible. Oh, my God. Like, so extra. But then over there at the end of the table, Jill's like, literally, Jill had to, it was the cutest thing. Jill had to read the spine of the book to realize she was like, what is this? Oh, oh my God, it's a Bible. It's my first ever copy of the Bible. Like she didn't even know what it was, which is just funny for people who are raised around the Bible. Like you even feel that book in your hand and you know what it is. Yeah. And she was really excited. And she was like, this is so special to me, Phaedra, because like, I've never had a copy of this. I love all religions. This is where she said, like, I love all religions. Every religion brings people closer to God. So what's not to love? And, I just think Jill's the sweetest. She's the cutest little thing. She is. And that was, like you said, the great way to end the night. And after that, they all went home. And just a great closing to this crazy season. And they all just went to bed. And the next morning, they were all getting packed up. They are all so ready to leave. Like, Vicky was running out of the house. <laughs> yes. Like, sorry to head out. Yes, literally. But it was just such a good season, guys. Like, overall, every episode really did hit. And it all, like, added to the whole season like made it feel complete and i just could not recommend any other season of housewives to get started like this is a great starter season yes. because yes. you kind of sample every different franchise and get to well, know this different is ladies. how i got hooked this yeah. was the first thing i ever saw you guys before i had ever seen anything else i just went into this season blind and it did get me hooked and i love it it's so fun it's hilarious. These these women are funny to laugh at. Like, they yeah. just are. It's all lighthearted, and it's a good way to escape. Like, just like, I love watching mm -hmm. this and, like, kind of, like, just enjoying these women's life instead of, like, thinking about my own. So it's fun to just watch them, and they're just so funny and iconic and good, and I love it so much. And I hope everyone listening will go watch it and loved our second episode of Real Talk, guys. Yes. And before we go, I took some notes for some OMG moments. And there are only a couple that we didn't talk about. But during their Christmas party, Taylor and Brandy start kissing on the mouth. And it was so gross. I was like, oh, this is so weird. Because it was like they were trying to be like kind of hot and funny. But then it was like awkward and serious. It was just so weird. And then Jill got super mad because nobody wanted to have lesbian sex with her. She was very offended, like really not happy about it. And I love how Phaedra held the whole group up for at least 30 minutes for every single activity because she took so long to get ready and had to change her wig and all the good stuff. I love And like Vicky got, they, everyone got a little dry, like hair drying turby twist hair turban in their gift baskets and they could not figure out how to put it on and Phaedra put it on her backwards. It was so funny. But yeah, I mean, that's really it, you guys. Like, it really was such a fun, funny season. I caught myself laughing out loud multiple times, and I hope you guys go watch it. So don't forget, it is on Peacock. And yesterday, Peacock released My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. So there's really no reason not to get a Peacock account. Go get on it. Get on it, girls. Sponsor us, Peacock, please. Sponsor us, Peacock. We love you. And on that note, guys, we love you so, 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 so much. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at EFBF Podcast, where we post all the behind-the-scenes content and let you guys know when we post new episodes. Yes, and we love you so much. And thank you so much for listening. Good. Bye. Bye.